it's an easier, simpler life when we live in that flow, when we live in the harmony of that loving. That's what we really long for is that simplicity. It moves us into simplicity. It brings us into gentleness. And then it's ever active. It's ever present. It's ever in the moment. It's ever what's next. And there isn't the disappointment. There isn't the disappointment. If you have disappointments in your life, Guess what? You're not living in the loving. You're living in something other than the manifestation that I'm sharing about right now, which is that divine movement of God's loving in us and through us, around us, in all ways. That comes about by holding God first in your life. But when we make other things first in our life and not God, when we make other things God in our life and not the true essence of God, which is loving, we will move into a place where we are going to be disappointed. I cannot tell you how many times I've talked to people that were sure that they found their soulmate, only to be called or talked to six months later, well, why didn't you tell me they weren't my soulmate? Why did you let me believe that they were my soulmate? Have you ever come to a decision that you know is right for you? And no matter what somebody says to you, warning you, telling you, be careful, move with caution as you move forward, you don't hear it, all you know is, no, 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 this is it, this is perfect, this is exactly what I want. Only six months later to be able to say, oh God, what did I do this for? If you find yourself in those kind of situations, you're living in willfulness. You're living in your own creation. And the creation of the mind is imperfect. The creation of the emotions, of the imagination, of the body are imperfect. Look around this world. <laughs> It's a wonderful creation. And all the things that souls that have come into this world have created, they're beautiful. They're wonderful. But at the same time, they're not perfect. You might look at a painting, you might look at a building, you might look at a person, and you think, oh my God, that is perfect. Well, maybe in that second, it's perfect inside of you for that moment. But come back and see it in a hundred years. Come back and see if you can find it in a thousand years. Perfection is ongoing and forever. Perfection is of the realm of spirit. And that place that perfection dwells within is eternal. And that perfection is eternal. And that is the presence of God in manifestation. Down here, we do not have eternal. We do not have perfection. We have things that are finite, not infinite. We have things that are imperfect. It can come very close to perfection at these levels. It can come very close. It can be a perfect reflection, if you will, 
of perfection, but it's a reflection. It isn't true. And it's finite, and it is going to not stay in that same state that we might have for a moment seen it as perfect. I can remember in several points in my life where I thought, oh, this is the perfect age. Oh, this is the perfect way my body should feel. Oh, this is perfect. If I could just hold on to this, only to find in the next breath, it's all different. But I do know one thing that is perfect, and that is God. And that is God that dwells within my soul. That's perfect. That's the only thing in this creation that is perfect. The only thing in this body that is perfect, that is unchanging, that is infinite, and that will never disappoint, never bring things to a halfway. And that is a key to remember. If you find your life filled with disappointment, with frustration, with anger, with separation, then begin to look up. Because more than likely you're looking down into the world, hoping to find it in the world. And it isn't in the world. It is in you. So let's look up. Stop looking out there for the answer, for the solution, for the fulfillment. And look up inside and find it there. That's where it dwells. That's where it lives. That's who you are. If you do that, you will live in joy and peace. Now, when I say that, remember, this is not a world of perfection. This is not a world of infinite ongoingness. So yes, you can look inside, you can wake up inside, you can see God directly inside, you can be in the loving moment, and then in the next moment, your eyes are open and you're caught up in something in the world and you have forgotten about God totally. And that's just the way it works here. And let that be okay. But the wonderful thing is, you also know God inside. You also know where that peace and where that loving and where that joy and where all that you are truly resides. And the more you go inside daily through meditation, the more you hold your attention in meditation, inward and upward, to wake up to that, the easier it is to choose back into it when you find yourself pulled away from it. Because it's going to happen. After all, you also are in a body. And this body has a great deal of focus and attention into its creation, which is the world of the physical, which is the world of imperfection and separation, and finite realities. And there will be times when you're going to believe the body more than you're going to believe the soul. 
because it seems so much more real. Because of a pain, because of a longing, because of a need. And let that be okay. But let it also be a good reminder. Every ache and every pain that I go through in my body, physically, imaginationally, emotionally, and mentally, and we go through all kinds of different aches. It's not just a knee ache, a back ache, a headache. It's the ache of our imagination. It's the ache of our emotions. It's the ache of the mind. Longing, wanting, needing, expecting, crying out. Whenever I feel that going on inside of me, I know one other thing that resides above all that pain, all that ache, all that separation. And that is the longing of the soul to go home to God. The longing for the soul to go home. To be able to leave all of this behind. To truly just say, done, I'm out of here. And know where I'm going. And just go there. And be there. And be complete. And what's wonderful is that when you're in the midst of tragedy and pain and separation and Longing in this world, it's wonderful to be able to turn your attention inward and upward and know that longing of the soul to know God, to be in loving with God and to open and receive that loving inside and be fulfilled for that moment. And so whenever I'm aching and longing and whatever it is in the world, I just bring it back up inside and say, Lord, I give this to you. And as I give this to you, I also connect to that which brings me to you, which is my longing, my soul longing to come home, to merge back into you fully, and to stay there now. And that's one of the other keys that I do often, 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 often. I give things up to God. I don't just give up my ache and my pain and my sorrow and my anger and my frustration. And I go through all that. I don't just give all that up to God. I give up my joy and my peace and my gratitude and my loving. I give up everything to God because it's all of God. I give it all to God. And I remember one time I was sharing this with somebody. I said, you know, give that up. Give it to God. And he said, God doesn't want that. God doesn't want my pain and my anger and my frustration. And I said, how do you know? Have you asked God? Has God told you? I don't want that. Keep it to yourself. <laughs> I know God wants it. Because God does not want anything to separate you from the truth of who you are in God. And that's what separates you. But God will not take it away. But if you give it to God, God says, hey, I'll take it. I don't want that standing between you and me. And when God takes it, it, there's nothing standing there for that second. In that instant, it's gone. It is gone. Now in the next second, you might put something right back in place of it. And God goes, oh, okay. Well, I'll just wait till you give that up too. And eventually you'll stop recreating it. 
So let that be all okay, but keep giving everything up to God. Everything. And give your joy and give your peace. You know, it's like money. There are people that just hoard money. They just want money. They hoard money. They hold on tight to it because they're afraid they're never going to have any more after this dollar, after this quarter. So they hold on tight. It's in letting go and just keep letting it move in you and through you that abundance comes into your life. If you create a dam and stop the movement of loving, stop the movement of creativity, stop the movement of the giving and the receiving, you're going to stagnate. And whatever is behind that dam that you built, yeah, it may build up into quite a bit of stuff. You may have a lot of money. You may have a lot of possessions in the world. You may have whatever it is that is flowing into your consciousness. But it isn't fulfilling because it isn't moving. It isn't refreshing because it's stagnated. It isn't alive because of that stagnation. I want to live in aliveness. I want to live in movement, in action. I don't like stagnation, and I've done stagnation. I know it. It tastes terrible, it smells terrible, it looks terrible, and it feels terrible. And the one thing I know that will remove that dam that barrier that is stopping that flow is to just give it all up. Give everything that that dam is created of, give it up to God. Your hate, your judgment, your anger, your frustration, your wants, your needs, your desires, everything. Just give it up to God and God will take it. And you know what God will replace it with? God's joy, God's loving, God's peace. Because when you give it up to God, you just in that moment have opened the door, opened the gates, opened the dam to allow the movement of giving and receiving to begin once again. And what does God have to give you but loving? And all that which is of loving. When I speak of loving, I'm not speaking of the love that we feel and know and recognize in this world. That's an illusion. That's a very poor reflection of what I call loving. If you know loving, then you know God. You know everything that is of God. Because loving is all that is of God moving into manifestation, moving into expression and experience, moving into fulfillment, moving into the action of sharing, of the action of giving and receiving. It's like a rope. You can look at a rope and think, oh, there's a rope. But if you go and look at that rope very carefully, 
you're going to see all these fibers, all these strands that together make up a rope. And each one of those fibers, each one of those strands are important to the strength and the integrity of that rope. And if you take and just cut one of those fibers, you have now undermined (coughs) the strength of that rope and eventually it will snap and break. (coughs) Loving is like a rope. It has many different fibers, many different actions, many different movements of being within it. And so often I will say it's love loving that is joy and that is peace and that is grace and that is gratitude and that is abundance and so much more that we are. And that when we allow ourselves to move into that action of loving, all the other comes with it. Just like when I give you a rope, all these fibers that make up that rope come with it. So, Pay attention in each moment. What are you thinking? What are you feeling? What are you imagining? What are you needing? What are you crying out for? What are you chasing after? And the one thing I would say is stop. Stop and all of that and just give it up to God and then see what comes next. And it'll come to you or you will go to it automatically. Then it's up to you to recognize in that moment what is happening. What happened when we were driving over here and Brian was tasting something off in his mouth and he said, God, if I could just find something. And he was digging around the car a little bit trying to find something. And he opens the door and he isn't even out of the door and Dylan comes up and gives him something sweet. He didn't have to ask for it. He didn't have to chase after it. He didn't have to come here and dig around hoping to find something. It came to him. He didn't call somebody here and say, hey, if anybody's got candy, get to the car right away. I need it. No. God works so simply. He'll bring to you exactly what you need. It wasn't a candy bar. It wasn't a box of candies. It was a little piece of candy that just answered what he needed. And that's what God will do. But what do we think we want? What do we think we need? Oh, no, no. I wanted a big box of candies. You know, the 25-pack. And all you needed was one. Just one. Well, God knows that one out of the 25 that you really need in your life. And he will bring exactly that which is perfect for you right now. But you have to be willing to just receive it as it is and allow it into your life and take it and use it in your life. And that's also a key. 
Use the gifts that God gives you. Put them into action. Put them into manifestation. Receive them in joy. And as you receive it in joy, give the joy up to God. God, this is your joy. And God goes, oh, well, I'll give you some more joy. I'll give you more things to be joyful for because if you give that joy to me, I just have more joy to give to you. And that's how it works. And then you just live in the moment of giving and receiving and giving and receiving and giving and receiving. And you give your joy and God gives joy. And if something's blocking you from living in that loving and that joy, you give it to God and then God gives you loving and joy to fill that space that was before filled with something stopping you from being in the flow. God now will give to you something to fill that area to keep it moving, to keep it active, and to keep it aligned with what is true and what is infinite and what is truly perfect of the soul, of the spirit, of you. There is nothing in this world that will ever give you the true satisfaction, the true joy, the true peace that you're longing for. I wish there was something because I'd have a box over here of it and I'd give it to everybody that came in the door and it'd be done. But there isn't such a thing. But the one thing I know that we can give you, Brian and myself can give you initiation. Brian and I can share with you the unspoken name of God. That is the one thing that will bring you into the infinite, that will bring you into the eternal and the true, that will bring you into the loving. That is the one thing that it will bring you to, that which you long for. And that I know that we can share. But what has to happen? You have to ask. You have to be open. You have to be willing. You have to be participating. You have to be paying attention. There are people that come and listen to us share. There are people that go to other places in the world where teachers that teach and share of the sacred name and they listen and they're in awe but then they walk away and do nothing with it because they pursue once again what they feel they need to pursue in the world. Pay attention. What is present in your life? What is being offered? What is the gift present? Receive it. Take it. If it's a piece of candy, take it. And if it's the sacred names through initiation, receive it. Take it. But then use it. If Brian had taken that piece of candy and stuck it in his pocket, he'd still have that awful taste in his mouth. And he'd go, well, boy, that didn't do it. I guess I need a bigger piece of candy. Well, that's what we often do. We often will receive the gift that God has given us, and we'll stick it in a drawer. We'll stick it in a closet. We'll stick it somewhere, but we don't put it into use. God will even bring us a mate, a partner in life, the perfect person for us. 
And what do we do? We stick them in the closet, right? <laughs> That's right. The key is, is to pay attention. And those blessings that come in your life, receive them and use them. Use them however they're to be brought into manifestation, into action, into your life. And give gratitude to God for it. Be thankful for that little piece of candy or for the person that came in your life or the opportunity of a job or a focus of loving that comes awake inside of you. And give it back up to God and say, Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> I give this gift to you. It's in the giving that you shall receive. How many times do we hear it? I can remember, too, as a child, I had a little sucker, a little lollipop, and I had been given at a store <clears throat> as we were leaving. And I opened it up and I started to lick on it. And uh, it was maybe halfway gone. And I went to another store with my dad. It was a grocery store. And the lady behind the counters, we were checking out. She said, oh, dear, honey, let me have that. And I wasn't going to give up my lollipop. I was enjoying it right down to the last little lick. I was really working not to just bite it and chew it up. Because I wanted it to last. And she said, well, give me that, and I'll give you a bigger, a bigger uh, all-day sucker kind of thing. And I went, well, okay, I'll take that. And she said, well, let me have that. And I, I wasn't going to give it up. I wanted to make sure I got the all-day sucker before I got the lollipop in her hand. And she said, well, let me have that, and I'll go get you one. And I said, no, 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 I, I, I want this first. I, if, you, if you give me the, the other sucker, I'll, I'll give you the lollipop. And it was like a game she started to play with me. Oh, you give me that first, then I'll go get the sucker that you want. And because I wouldn't give it up, she wouldn't give me the sucker. So I walked out. By that time, it was gone. The lollipop was gone. I just had the stick in my hand. I threw it away, and that was it. The next time I came back, I didn't have a lollipop to give her, but she gave me a sucker. And she said, what do you think... You learned in all that. Look at this sucker. Look how big this, or, you know, this all-day sucker is. I was going to give you one the last time you were here, and you didn't take it. Because you wanted that little, little piece of candy that you had left on the stick of that lollipop. You wouldn't give it up so I could go get you this all-day sucker. Now look at that. You could have had this the last time you left. What did you learn from that? Well, I didn't know. I didn't know I had learned or was supposed to learn anything. So I went home and I thought about it. And I realized that oftentimes we do that in our life. We'll hold on to something that is not really much of anything. And we'll hold on for dear life because we don't want to have to give it up. Because we may just have nothing left if we give this up. Only to find out my God, I would have had that huge, big, all-day sucker if I had just given her that little tiny piece of candy that was left on that lollipop stick. And that's what often happens in our lives. God has an all-day sucker for you. Sucker. 
But you're not going to give it up because you've got something just the littlest thing in your life that you're going to hold on for dear life for fear that you'll get nothing or have nothing left if you give that up. Give it up. Give it to God. Just say, okay, God, it's yours. You know, I give everything up to God. I give up my car to God. I give up my house to God. I give up my relationship with Brian to God. I give up my relationships to you with, to God. I give up everything. I give up the food that I'm eating to God. I give up this bottle of water to God. I give it all up all the time. Why? Does God want all that? I don't think so. He doesn't need this bottle of water. Now, he does want you. That's why I'm always giving you up to God. I don't know if he wants Brian. He keeps putting, <laughs> he keeps putting him down here, but I, I think he does. <laughs> Shaking your head. I knew that joke was coming before he even mentioned giving up everything else. <laughs> But I give it all up to God because I don't want to hold on to anything. I don't want to be possessed and I don't want to possess anything. It's all God's. God gave it to me and I give it to God. If you live in that freedom, then you live in peace and in joy and in loving and in gratitude and so much more. And I realized in that moment when I was holding on to that lollipop stick and I wasn't going to give it to her because I didn't want to give it up. I didn't want to lose it and not have anything. That I was not allowing into my life that which was the next biggest, greatest thing for me. That I was doing that with God as well. It's very interesting that it was about that same time as I realized just to give it all up to God that I received a new puppy in my life. And up until that time, my parents were determined because of the first experience we had with a dog that we were never going to have another dog in the house again. And I realized that that stood me, stood between me and God and stood between me and having another dog. Is this energy that I held inside around having lost our first dog. And I can remember so clearly being in my bedroom at night and I was giving things up to God, just seeing what that was going to be like. And I remember all of a sudden I gave up that memory of our first dog, Spud was his name. And I remember just giving him up to God and saying, okay, I give him up to. And we had a very special relationship, Spud and I. He only liked me. He hated everybody else. He bit my mother. He chased after my father. Didn't like anybody but me. He was a one-person dog, and I was the person. And I loved it. I loved the attention. And when they gave him away, it was like giving that which was so focused on me and was loving me so much 
that was given away. And I had that standing between me and God and standing between me and my relationship with my parents as a child. Until that night when I said, okay, I give this up. I'm just going to see what happens. I'm going to give it up. The next day I come home from school and we're at dinner and my mom says, hey, you know, the neighbors down the way, the Williamsons, their Cocker Spaniel's going to give birth soon. Do you want a puppy? And inside I went, what? Yes, yes, please. <laughs> and my mom said, well, we decided that uh, you could go down and pick out, and if you like one of the puppies, you can have it. It's yours. And inside I was going, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. And I, I get it, I get it, I understand now. And ever since then, I have just done everything I can to give it up to God because I know I'm going to get another puppy. <laughs> Maybe not a physical puppy. I don't need another physical puppy right now. But I continue receiving as I give. And that's the joy of life for me. And I know how it works. And it isn't magic and it isn't a secret but it is an action that we always have to keep choosing into. Giving up to receive more. Giving up to receive more. Giving up those things that stand between us and God. Giving up those things that stand between us and what's next in our lives. And giving up those things that are our joy, our peace, our gratitude. Give it all up. God wants it all. Very greedy God. Needs it all, wants it all. It's all about God. <laughs> so give it all to God. Let God have it. And see what happens. See what comes forward. But then do something with what comes forward. Take action. Don't stuff it away. All right. Well, I'm going to go give you all to God. And <laughs> Don't be surprised if you find yourself up there one day. And I want to say what Jim was sharing about the giving it up. That's the true action of forgiveness. That's how it's really done. That's the true action of forgiveness. That's how simple it is. To live a life in forgiving to God. Okay. All righty.